The following is provided by Covenant College in Lookout Mountain, Georgia, and available at itunes.covenant.edu. We are grateful for the generosity of Joanne Clark, which helps make the Neal Conference possible, and we're thankful for what that generosity is able to produce, is the opportunity to bring in speakers like the Reverend John Smed. John Smed has been with us throughout the week. He has met with us in large group chapel. He's met with us in luncheons and uh, evening sessions and uh, has been preaching God's word to us in a way that I think has been very effective and has been uh, spoken deeply to my own heart. Uh, we've had the opportunity to introduce him on a number of occasions. He's the uh, senior pastor and church planter of Grace Church in downtown Vancouver, British Columbia. He has uh, pastored churches, planted churches. He's had a, a huge role in our denomination in training men to go out and plant churches, and it's been a real privilege to not only hear him preach, but like I said, to interact with him, to get to see his heart, his passion for the gospel. And so it's my privilege to introduce one last time our keynote speaker for the 2008 Neal Conference, the Reverend John Smith. Thank you. Well, we're going to talk about prayer today. And... Um, an interesting angle on prayer, perhaps, mooching in prayer. Now, there's some mooches I admire. One of them would be Billy Crystal, played with the Yankees this year. So if a short, pudgy guy like him can get into the Yankees, he must have done some major mooching. Gary Player played in his 51st Masters, hasn't qualified for 15 years, he just keeps playing. Apparently there's some old rule that says if you win the Masters once, you get to play the rest of your life, and so he's going to take them up on it. That's some, that's some good mooching. My daughter, who got all the way through high school being the best-dressed kid in high school because she mooched her sister's clothes every single day, and her sister uh, was, was in fashion design and had these amazing clothes. So that's some good mooching. You guys all relate to that. You've got kid sisters or older sisters. That's how it works. Another more serious example, a friend of mine, Ted Fright, who just passed away from uh, uh, total cancer... Uh, disease. Ted was, uh, life was a mess. Broken relationships everywhere. Three marriages. I mean, a train wreck. Uh, uh, if some of you fish and you get this bird's nest, you know, and you say, it's not worth untying it, let's just cut it. And uh, Ted didn't solve any of those problems before he went to be with the Lord. It was just too complicated. He didn't have the courage. All he could do was hold on to Jesus Christ in the last hours of his life. And uh, we got to see him to heaven. So he mooched his way into the kingdom. Didn't have to pay anything, didn't have to do anything. Well, Jesus in this parable that we're going to read about has um, a mooch that he admires. It's a guy who comes up to his friend in the middle of the night, knocks on the door and says, hey, I need three loaves of bread and I need it now. I've got an urgent need. And the guy says, go away, go away. And he says, no, 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 I got to have it now. I got to have it now. And he keeps knocking and knocking and he gets the three loaves of bread. So very effective mooching. And Jesus is saying that's exactly what we're to do in prayer is to learn to mooch in prayer. Let me read the passage and uh, see what we can learn from this lesson. Suppose one of you has a friend, he said, and you go to him in the middle of the night and say, my dear friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Uh, my dear friend, lend me, and a friend of mine is on a journey and he's arrived at my house. I have nothing to put in front of him. He answers from the inside of his house, don't make life difficult for me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Let me tell you, even if he can't get up and give you anything because you're his friend, 
Because of your shameless persistence, he will give you whatever you need. So this is my word to you. Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. You see, everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, if your son asks you for a fish, is there a father among you who will give him a snake? If he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Face it, you're evil. Yet you know how to give good presents to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm going to look at five things in this parable. First of all, if you're going to be a good mooch, you need to learn to always ask. You need to learn to horn in on an opportunity and put people over a barrel. You need to make it impossible for them to say no. You need to be shameless and you need to be persistent. Let me just open in prayer. Father, we ask that you'd teach us to pray. That disciples came up to Jesus at this point and said, Lord, teach us to pray. They saw Jesus praying and they said, we need to learn how to pray. Teach us to pray. So that's our simple request today. Lord Jesus Christ, teach us to pray. Amen. Okay, so you always have to ask. Okay, you know how a mooch works. They don't bring things. They take things. So you're having a party, you know, who brings all the goodies, all the suds, all the everything, whatever it is you have at your parties, whatever it is your, your preference. That guy never brings anything. That girl always comes and waits till everything's already brought. Potluck dinner, okay? Table set, everybody brought, can they come? Sorry, I forgot to bring something. They're always asking. They're never bringing. That's the nature of being in a mooch. Now, that takes some discipline and some resolve, You've got to get past, well, it does. You've got to get past people's opinions. You've got to be a little shameless. You can say, keep asking, keep asking. Don't be a bringer. Well, it's the same thing in prayer, really, is that if we're going to be uh, mooches in prayer, Jesus says you've got to get used to always asking. The one thing about prayer, every time you come to prayer, is you decide, I don't get to be the bringer here. I need to rely on what somebody else brings. I don't get to bring. So that takes some discipline and some resolve. Secondly, you need to learn to horn in on an opportunity. You need to depend on somebody else's graces. I live in Vancouver, and I have a lot of Chinese friends, and uh, one-third of the population is first, second, or third-generation Chinese. So really, a great strategy is to meet a first-generation Chinese gentleman who's older than you. Why? Interesting custom. The oldest man always pays for the meal. So, hey, you find this older Chinese gentleman, you befriend them, and you follow them from meal to meal, from banquet to banquet. You never have to pay, and they'll never even ask you. If you offer, they'll slap you. You don't even get to bring. It's a great arrangement. Well, believe me, I have several older Chinese friends. I'm very good at this. Also, if you're going to be a good mooch, you've got to make use of friendship. So this guy comes in and he knocks on the door and he says, Dear friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Well, I think what happened is about four years, five years earlier than this, the guy said, Hey friend, if you ever need anything, come to me. Big mistake. <laughs> Never tell a mooch, friend, if you need anything, come to me. Because he's going to take you on your word. And you might have meant it, well, come once and take. But no, 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 he's going to be there every third Friday. He's going to be knocking on the door. I'm out of bread again. I'm out of bread. Hey, friend, dear friend, I'm taking you at your word. Well, prayer is something like that. It really is. In prayer, we mooch because we're 100% dependent upon the generosity, the provision, the standing invitation of Jesus Christ who promises to hear us and provides everything needed for us to come to that table. 
He provides the sacrifice of himself. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He always brings us into the banquet. He's always providing everything we need. And all we have to do is take him at his word again and again and again and again. Thirdly, if you're going to be good mooch in prayer, you have to make it impossible for the other person to say no. You've got to learn how to put somebody over a barrel. So look at this guy. He's good. He's good. You know, he says, well, I need these three loaves of bread. I've irritated this guy twice this week already. I'm going to go at midnight. And I'm going to start knocking. And, you know, I think his kids are probably asleep. I think it's going to be extremely irritating. And he's going to give it to me because he doesn't want me to wake up the whole tribe and make his life miserable. So you put the person over a barrel, you make it impossible for them to say no. It's the same thing with God. Basically, God's promises, uh, God's saying that we can interrupt him at any time, God's patience with us is a guarantee that we've always got him over the barrel. Luther said whenever Jesus made a mistake, he let us call 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 God Father. Now we've got him where we want him. We can take him and he's over a barrel because of his promise and his name. So fourthly, we need to be shameless when we pray. You can't worry about what others think about you if you're going to be a mooch. Let's face it, who likes a mooch? You might put up with the mooch, but you don't like them. And so if you're going to be a good mooch, you have to get rid of your reputation and swallow your pride. In fact, you have to get an acquired taste for swallowing pride. You have to learn to chug it, guzzle it, put it down. And just get used to it, and pretty soon you'll be a good mooch. Well, this is the same in prayer. I stumble at this point, though. I realize I'm not that good at swallowing my pride all the time. I realize I'm not the best of mooches because I do not like not being able to bring something to the table. Now, the gospel is a beautiful and wonderful thing, and we sing about it, we celebrate it, we brag about it, we say, isn't it wonderful? Come just as you are without one plea, except that God has died for me. You don't have to bring anything, ever. The day you become a Christian, you bring a broken soul, a guilty conscience, a ruined spirit, and broken relationships, and you just say, I lay it all at your feet, I can't bring anything, I'm helpless, and he gives you everything good deal but he wants you to keep doing that i hate mooches i avoid them i despise them i don't want to be a mooch i don't want people to think i need something from them all the time i want to if you give me something i'm going to give you a little bit more back the next time because i don't want to owe you If you really wanted to hurt my feelings and devastate me, you'd call me a mooch. My brothers are very affluent. They're always giving me stuff. Not little stuff. Last summer, my brother said, hey, you want my power boat? I don't need it anymore. 454 horsepower, 22 feet long. Wow. (laughs) I said yes, and then I said no later because it uses $600 a gas a day. I said, you keep it. <laughs> I said, but you can give me the money that the boat would be worth, you know. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But what if I heard my brothers talking behind my back and say, John is such a mooch. 
It's always taking stuff from us. That would devastate me. So that brings me to this realization that the problem I have in prayer, I can celebrate at times that I don't have to bring anything and I never have to bring anything, but I never get to bring anything either. Now, I don't think you... Well, I don't know. Think about it. I want to suggest you and I have the same problem. We're not like Gary Player willing to come back 50 years later. We're like Jack Nicholas, who says, I'm not going to play if I can't compete. If I can't give something to this operation, if I can't ante up, if I can't pay my share, I'm not in. And that's a huge motivating factor in our lives. The problem is we do not have the gospel discipline and Holy Spirit resolve to be good mooches in prayer, but we must. I want you to take a moment on your own and mooch with me in prayer. To ask God to help you swallow your pride and learn to have that posture before him of being needy, of not bringing, of relying entirely on his graces. Let's just take a moment and pray about that. fifth thing I want to talk about here is how mooches are, they persevere and they're insistent. Okay? They persevere and they're insistent. Here's this guy, he's knocking at the door and he's knocking at the door and the guy says, go away, go away, I don't have any, get lost. One of my kids are falling asleep, he says, sorry, I can't hear you. Somebody's knocking really loudly at your door. Right? And he just keeps knocking and he just drowns out that no from the inside and he stays insistent and he gets what he's asking for. Now that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage when he says, ask, seek, knock. Asking is requesting. Seeking is urgent asking. Knocking is loud seeking. So what he's saying is persevere in prayer. Don't take an intermission and increase in intensity in your prayer. And you'll be a good mooch and you'll get what you ask for. He's not just saying, oh, ask anything you want. Seek around, knock on the door. No, he's saying... Get busy and persevere in prayer if you're going to come to the other end. Don't take no for an answer. The best mooches never take no for an answer. You say, I'm sorry, I can't give that to you. Well, could I have something else? You know, you can't borrow my car. Well, he said, well, could you lend me 10 bucks then? Right? Good mooches just don't give up. Right? They're going to get it. Teenagers want a car. They're going to get the car. Believe me, I've raised five kids. They get the car. I don't know how they get it. They just, they, here, take the keys. I don't even want to argue anymore. Right? Think of the Canaanite woman as an example. She comes up to Jesus and she says, My daughter is possessed by a demon. I'm in a desperate circumstance. You know what Jesus says to her? Nothing. As if she's not even there. I mean, we're talking rude. Didn't even respond to her. So, 
What does she do? Does she run back to Syrophoenicia and say, sorry, daughter, I can't do anything for you? Hey, all of you who are parents here and you've raised kids, you've been this desperate before at times. Well, my kids have gone through drug problems, two of my kids. I'll tell you, it gets desperate and you're urgent and you won't let go. You go, then she, they go, she goes to the disciples and she persists with those disciples and she drives them crazy. Finally, sometime later, maybe hours, I don't know, comes up to the, the disciples say, get rid of this woman. She's driving us nuts. She won't let us go. She wants us to heal her daughter. We don't do that stuff. That's your business. Let her go. So then Jesus looks at her and says, you know, I just want to make this clear. It's not your time. The door's closed. We're feeding the children their bread. And the dogs go outside when we feed them. She says, okay, it's not my time. Okay, I'm unworthy. But guess what? I've heard about your grace and I don't need a whole loaf of bread. Just give me a crumb. And I'll take it and go my way. Because all I need is a crumb of your grace. And not only that, aren't you called the man of sorrows? You know my sorrow. Aren't you an outcast? You know what it's like to be shut out. Give me what I ask and I'm not leaving until you do. What does Jesus say? Open the gates, fling them wide, come on in. He is just ecstatic with joy. He says, your daughter is healed. You have what you asked for. Well done, good and faithful servant. His no was not a no. It was a challenge. It was a challenge for her to go deeper in prayer. It was a challenge for her to persevere in prayer. It was a challenge for her to look past the gift to the giver. It was a challenge for her to increase her capacity for Christ in her life. Now, let's be honest with each other, because there's just us. Aren't we all too willing to take no for an answer? Dear God, this day, I pray, would be a great day Forgive all my sins. Give me peace with my neighbors. And what I hear is, no, you are not worthy. The shame, the guilt, the hypocrisy of your life, the inner lusts and hatred of your life, you're coming to me to ask for something? I'm sorry, friend, it's not your time. I haven't come to call sinners. I've come to call the righteous. Aren't we all too willing to take no for an answer? And at the slightest discouragement say, I don't pray. I want to make an estimation that half of you in this building aren't praying with any frequency at all. Or your prayers are just dead leaves on the ground. I, I probably am underestimating that. Why? You've taken no for an answer. You've let your guilt and your shame get the best of you. You've thought too little of Christ and the power of his grace and the greatness of his generosity and one little no and you're out of here. It's your fierce pride and self-righteousness that makes you imagine you could have brought something to the table in the first place. 
Now I want you to ask you to do something now for one minute. I want you to turn to the person beside you. If you don't know their name, ask them and pray for them. God, give this man or this woman grace to persevere and not take no for an answer. Can we do that now for a minute? If you're like me, you want your prayer life revived. You've experienced it in your Christian life. You've seen answers to prayer, but the music's gone. The passion's gone. The confidence is gone. You just had too many disappointments. So it's so critical. How does God shape a mooching heart in prayer? What, how does it happen? In the first seven years of our church plant, we saw some wonderful things happen. People come to Christ, a uh, uh, wonderful uh, array of arts ministry, ministry to sexually exploited women, ministry to the homeless and housing projects. We saw our little tiny church in, engage in some amazing things and God would raise up these leaders and it was just like, wow. And all of a sudden the brakes hit, conflict started, difficulties, all kinds, two years of, of difficulty. And... Uh, I just thought prayer wasn't being answered. Somebody thrown a tire, tire on the train track and the train was derailed and I didn't know if it could get back. And what has happened in this past two years has been God teaching me to have a mooching heart in prayer. Teaching me to persevere. That's really what this last... Persevere for, for what appears to be no. This is what this last section is about. Let me read it to you. If your son asks for a fish, is there a father among you who will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Face it, you're evil. Yet you know how to give good presents to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What Jesus is saying here, probably many things, but he's at least saying this much. He's saying, if you ask for bread, you're going to get it. This man asked for three loaves of bread. He persevered. He mooched his way through. He got the three loaves of bread. God never begrudges us bread. If you ask for an egg, of course he's going to give you an egg. If you ask for a, a fish, he'll give you fish. What good father wouldn't? God always gives what is needful. And what is it that you need more than anything? The gift of all gifts, the gift which includes every gift, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You see, the Holy Spirit is... God's gift of himself. Now, 
If God's thinking about presents to give to his kids and it's their birthday, let me see. I'll give you a planet. I'll give you a solar system. I'll give you a galaxy with three quasars, a black hole, and thrown in. That'd be pretty cool. He could give you a universe. He gave it to Jesus. Or he could say, I tell you what, I'll give you myself. I'm bigger than anything else I could give you. You don't realize what you need. You don't know who you're talking to here. You don't know what I can give you. So when you ask me for the scorpion of a good reputation or popularity or good grades or a new career, not that those things are sinful and wrong, but if that's as high as you can reach, I'm not going to give it to you. Or at least I'm not going to give it to you yet. If you ask for the serpent of fulfilling your life ambitions, being, being, having a great reputation and being successful, being on the cover of Church Planning Quarterly, ever so humble, Niels Nielsen phoning me every third Friday asking my advice about how to run the seminary, that's okay, I'm there. You know, that's the kind of things that are churning in us and they're the subtext of our prayer. I'm saying, Lord, may your kingdom come, but believe me what I'm saying and I'm getting around to is, Lord, my kingdom come. That's where I'm headed. In so much of my prayer, and he says, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to hold out. Augustine said this, in prayer, God increases the capacity of our heart for God's gift of himself. So when you and I learn to mooch in prayer, laying aside pride and reputation, learning to be bringers, learning to be shameless, persistent, we are now ready for what prayer is all about. Not the gifts that the Father gives, but the gift of the Father. And when we knock on that door, instead of a closed door, it's going to be open, and when it's open, we're going to see a smiling Savior who's ready to embrace us and says, come on in to the joy of your Master, open the gates, fling them wide, the King of glory is in, come in as a son and a daughter, because your Heavenly Father has invited you. So don't lose heart when you don't get an answer to prayer in the next week, two weeks, or three. It may be that God is preparing you, in fact it is, that God is preparing you for something far larger than you ever dreamed of, the gift of himself through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Take a minute to just think of one thing that you'd like to offer up mooch to your father in prayer that you've learned today.
We thank you, our Lord Jesus Christ, for teaching us to mooch in prayer, for telling us time and time and time and time again that you do answer prayer, but we must persevere in prayer because there's something in the activity of prayer itself which is more important than the answer to the prayer we're getting, and that is our capacity to receive you and to enjoy the everlasting fellowship with you that you give. Lord, I pray for each of my brothers and sisters here today that our prayer life might move in the direction of shameless, persistent, dependent asking that characterizes this man in this parable to the honor and glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, and to our eternal joy. Amen. The proceeding was provided by Covenant College in Lookout Mountain, Georgia, and available at itunes.covenant.edu.